He was trapped within this massive cocoon of fans. He was six foot one, but he could hardly see beyond the fans. Garth might have called in security to help him work his way to his own booth. That way, the 23-year-old singer would have had a table counter between him and the fans and a little air-conditioned breeze, not the constant press of flesh and the sweltering heat out here. Garth only sidled over to an open livestock shed where the crowd slowly sorted itself out into a long line down the length of the shed and beyond. Garth then began signing autographs and talking to his fans one by one. The fans talked to their favorite stars who would be here this week as if they were their intimate friends. They mused about Garth, the greatest-selling American artist of all time, and his pregnant wife Sandy, and how amazing it was that he had shown up so unexpectedly at fanfare. The stars were expected to be accessible to their fans after their performances. They were never supposed to get too full of themselves and forget that they came from the same common loam as their admirers. Don't get above your raisin, one classic country song admonished. During fanfare, country music was confronted with its past, with the down-home friendliness and heartfelt emotion that were so much a part of country music culture. Nashville's music was no longer simply part of the South, no longer the mom-and-pop store of American popular culture. Country music had broadened its audience immensely in recent years into music played regularly in Minneapolis as well as in Memphis and in Dublin and Tokyo, too. For the artists themselves, this week was one of the great litmus tests of their musical lives. Reba McIntyre, Vince Gill, Patti Loveless, Alan Jackson, Brookson Dunn, and Shania Twain all would be here. Each of these stars had memories of his or her first fanfare, sitting in a booth hoping that someone would want their autograph, memories of the first time they sang before the enormous crowds at the racetrack. In these next four days, everyone here, from artists to managers, from songwriters to executives, and from producers to fans, would experience the essence of country music. They would see its past, live its present, and help foresee its future. It would be an intense, passionate time, careers won and lost, lives confronted with their own truths. Garth had just walked into the fairgrounds, and on the great human stage of Fanfare 96, the drama was beginning. 4.20 p.m. Hour after hour, Garth stood in the heat and dust, signing autographs and talking to the fans. Garth's whole life was in his eyes. He had a strange, messianic gaze that was like a sonar radar that once it lashed onto you, did not let up until it had worked its will. He used it on stage in front of 20,000 people. He used it on reporters. He used it negotiating a new record deal. He used it on each person who came forward to talk to him here today at Fanfare. Garth treated each person as if this moment mattered as much to him as to the fan. He had no quota on the number of autographs he gave a person. He signed T-shirts, sweatshirts, baseballs, CDs, cassettes, photos, and scraps of paper. He had no strong-armed aides standing there waiting to push people along. The thousand or so waiting fans could see that Garth was acting with goodness and fairness, and they responded with goodness and fairness of their own. Garth stood hour after hour signing autographs and talking to fans with intensity, trying to recapture what once had been. He had this vision of making himself a troubadour of goodness, using his music and celebrity as an engine to propel people to live richer, deeper lives. But his life was not the same, 
not his vision, not the world around him, and not country music. Garth and Pam Lewis were driving in the singer's pickup truck to a celebrity golf tournament outside Nashville. What are you most scared about, Garth? asked Pam, his new co-manager. Garth turned and looked with intense, questioning eyes at Pam. It was the beginning of 1989, and Garth's first album was about to come out. You know, Pam, I'm kind of worried about this going on the road, Garth confided. I'm afraid of other women. All the time the two had spent together, and this was the first time the singer had confided about personal matters. Garth spoke with great urgency, a desperate tinge in his voice. Pam felt that there was some terrible darkness within Garth, and women were only part of it. The man appeared afraid that if he ever opened himself up, it would engulf him, swallow him up in endless night.